We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the True Faith Podcast. I'm Norman Riley, hosting temporarily in place of Alex, who isn't here, but is, because he's joining me on the line from a hotel in beautiful Heathrow to talk about Saturday's match against Leicester City at St. James's Park. Alex, how's it going? Very well, Norman, very well, thanks. This is a bit of a weird role reversal, isn't it? But hey, let's uh, let's see how we get on. Um, I'm sure We'll manage, mate. I've got a uh, so I've got a, I've got a question for you. Um, given last Saturday's setup against Chelsea and uh, the subsequent struggles of a few players, what would you like to see against Leicester in terms of formation and personnel this weekend? I suppose um, I suppose I'm kind of referring to maybe Matt Ritchie's position and performance, more the army in the in the obvious the, the Shelby question. What are your what are your thoughts? I think my thoughts will echo pretty much everyone listening to this and that. We all want to see what fans would consider to be our best team out and our best formation. Now, what's our best formation? Well, it's the one that we won the league with last year and the one that picked up well, four wins with the this season. The switch to 4-4-2 hasn't worked. The switch to 3-5-2 hasn't worked. That definitely didn't work. So I think I just want to see we go back to, it's almost like a, a cliche with back basics, back to to what we know and love under Rafa, which is being an obdurate, stubborn team to break down who doesn't concede any goals and who might nick one. You know, the fact is that, you know, a few weeks ago, Leicester and Everton, you were looking at that as potential relegation rivals, but they're both relatively flying in terms of recent form. Club Wells and a good job since he went in, which is so weird because, you know, they had a great British manager in and uh, why you would want to try and change that for some foreign loser is beyond me. Um, but you know, it seems to have worked with this uh, this Puel that they've dragged in from nowhere, who's done nothing in his career. For brave old Craig Shakespeare, who uh, you know actually finds himself back at back at Everton with Sam Aldice and the other British lads. So it's a harder game than that, and I think a point's a good result. I'd love to win it, but let's get back to four two three one. Let's get John Joe Shelby, Miguel Marine on the same team, and um, let's get back there to a positive. Positive feel for St James's Park because the Watford game just wasn't good enough, and the second half of the Bournemouth game wasn't good enough. So, work to be done. All right, agreed, agreed. And um, in terms of, in terms of the fullbacks, uh, obviously would would see Yedlin, Yedlin at right back. Given that um, the the sort of three five two formation at Chelsea, as you see, it didn't. It, it the the players seem to look a little little bit confused to me at times. Um, especially uh, especially Matt Ritchie's just not. He's kind of not. He's not really um, the kind of player to, to play in that position. And I, and part of me had thought, 
a few times that I wouldn't. Richie, Richie could work as a wing back. He could work as a wing back, but um, he just had uh, one of those days where you thought it's probably probably not going to work out from in that position. Um, in terms of left back, who, who would you um, who would you stick in at left back on Saturday? Well, according to the media, Paul Dumet is in line to make his uh, return. So whether he gets in the team or not, I don't know. I think depending on where All Brighton plays, which side he could be important because All Brighton's a big lad, physical presence. Uh, Morris tends to play 10 these days and they tend to play that um, great the other side so I would like to see Dummett come back in you know he's been a miss I think his physical presence would be fantastic though he's been out for what three, three months, months four months so it would be a lot to ask him to come straight back I don't think he's played any reserve team football either not that I pay that much attention to it like um, so I Dummett if he's available um, but I, I think I think Mankio and Yedlin is the two who've done a good job, and I know Yedlin had a stinker, and uh, and then some against Watford, and was to blame against um, West Brom for one of the goals. But you know, let's stick. You know, we're, we're, we're a decent team in the season. I don't buy the narrative that it was luck, that it was um, this and that. It was the other teams doing badly. No, we we played well against Stoke and West Brom. We played well against um, Southampton. We played well against Liverpool. We can recreate that. Let's use the same players. Let's use Yellen and Mikio, and um, I think I think they'll be good enough. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I suppose given that, I think Chancel's looked. I think Chancel's actually probably looked our best defender in the last um, couple of games that he's played. So I suppose there's a, you know, there's an argument that he could he could be put on on the on the left hand side. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with the back four of um, either Mankio and Bemba Yedlin, and then it's going to be Clark and Lejeune in the centre. I think. Um, I think it could be a big game for Lejeune in a sense because there's there's a part of me thinks that he looks he looks a little low on confidence at the moment. Um, I mean, I suppose you could apply that argument to the to the whole side, but um, Lejeune after after you know that, that that magnificent forty minute spell against Spurs and and coming back, he, he he did all right. I mean, he gave away the penalty against Southampton, but that wasn't that wasn't reflective of, of how he played through the whole match. But just lately, he has looked he's looked a little bit shorn of confidence. So I would love to see him. Pick up again because it's quite obvious that he does have he does have ability. Um, we we've seen it, and um, I think I it's a, it, it could be a big game for him, and he's going to be up against up against I suppose a a, a tough opponent in Vardy. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, the other thing is as well, obviously. I mean, we brought this in the past, but I think um, I, I think Darlow, despite the fact he conceded two at West Brom and uh, three at Chelsea, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree, but he has to he has to stay in goal now. I agree. <laughs> you know fine well, <laughs> well uh, from our many conversations, both and on this podcast, I think Carl Darlow is Newcastle's number one. Um, just quickly to, to go back there, um, yeah, I would, I would play in Bember. Uh, left back. back. Because they've got a body up front. Oh, and there's no other centre back. Ah, uh, okay. I don't care which one. Probably. Um, purely because he's fast and. He's also really good at reading the game and intercepting through balls, whereas Lejeune and Clark tend to be more reactive. Um, and I really think it would be a, a good game for, to bring him in as centre-back, maybe even beside Lascelles, who's reportedly back training. But um, I suppose we, can't, we don't know, do we? <laughs> we don't know who's fit. We don't know how he'll go. But I, I certainly think Mbemba's worth a shout in front of Carl Dollar. Hi. Hi, good shout. Um, well, moving on to the, to the, the, the I suppose, the, the context of the game... You mentioned before Everton and uh, Leicester, obviously, you know, up until, I mean, Everton only up until really a week and a half ago, Leicester up until the end of October, they were 
they were absolutely struggling. And um, I, I remember looking at these fixtures, and obviously this is before we'd, um, you know, we lost to to Burnley and Bournemouth. But these these two home fixtures were two matches that I thought that we've got to be looking at getting at least four points out of them, and um, even six based on on their form at that uh, that point in time. Um, but They've changed. They've they've completely changed. I mean, we've obviously changed because you you could say that we're we're going into these games more desperate for points now than I think maybe either of us had anticipated we would be. And additionally, unfortunately, Everton and Leicester are picking up. Um, So, you know, bearing that in mind and being our next six fixtures, I think we've got um, West Ham and uh, Arsenal after these two. And uh, we've got, uh, obviously, the, the Man City and Brighton game as well. What, what, what? I mean, I, I think we want to be getting out of this other side on twenty points. Um, so this game on on Saturday, out, out of all the fixtures we've got, would you consider this one? And I hate to say it, but I'm going to. Um, would you consider this to be the the kind of must win one? And, and if and if we don't win, um, do you think the the knock on effects might be? You know, there might be a kind of a little bit of panic setting in amongst the amongst the fan base. No, it's not a must-win game. We have five games coming up before the 2nd of January, which are massive games. But you could win three and lose two, and that would still be all right. Or you could win two and draw one and lose two, and that would, you know what I mean? It's, so it's, it's hard to call one game. It's like, yes, yes, if we get done on Saturday, people will panic. But will the manager panic? Probably not. Um... We'll have a bag of five and, and you know the the team are low on confidence but they're playing at home. The the one two five, the big one, the one two five uh, celebration, well known anniversary that everyone celebrates. Um I remember, I remember my twenty fifth birthday for biggest birthday of my life. <laughs> um, like the players are in front of a supportive home crowd. Um and you know, I, I don't know, I just I d I don't, I don't want to say this stage of the season that there are any must win games. Technically, all we're games are must win, but we're going to lose between now and the end of the season. So it's kind of pointless. You also don't know the context of Leicester because the Leicester continue to perform in the way that they have so far. Under Puel, in the finish seventh, and it's definitely not a must win game because Watford wasn't a must win game. Um, you know, looking at what through Leicester's fixtures there, I believe they've only done, uh, they've only won one away fixture, which was at. Um, Swansea, which like ourselves, and we're probably a little bit more confident when it's Swansea than we were. Um, so you know, it's not, it's not like they've been tiring it up away from home. I think Puel's coming and sorted the home form out. Back to back wins against Leicester and Burnley, six points there. I mean, they drew at West Ham. West Ham were quite good and probably the better side uh, when they played each other. So they can definitely be got at. And it's there's so much going on with the sale of the club and and all sorts in the media speculation about that. Um, I, I don't feel that there's any must-win games until we're in the bottom three. You can't say it's a must-win game or Wednesday's a must-win game. We're not in the bottom three. Until you're in the bottom three, you don't have any must-win games. So yeah. I'm slightly reticent to say that. And like I said, with um, Brighton, Stoke, West Ham, these and Everton coming up, there's, you know, I hear those fixtures and I hear points. So I'm not going to wear... I'm not going to throw myself into um, whatever ringer, river <laughs> I'm staying next to in Singapore for get beat on... What is Sunday morning for me? I'm not too sure there's a river there, mate. I think it's a big bay. But you know what? It's a body of water, so you know, don't throw yourself into it because I'm sure the, the, the outcome will be the bad either way, you know. Um the uh, right. the, 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 the 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 thing for me, I mean obviously yeah, of course it's not a must win. I suppose the way I'm looking at this is that 
I do see this as a, a very w- winnable fixture and um, getting the three points, regardless of how they come, um, I think it'll be a huge boost to the confidence um, because I suppose my my concern at the minute is, and I, and I, I kind of picked up on it a little bit in the, the sort of mid-spell of the match against um, West Brom, just well, just before they got that second goal and just after that, the... The players, the 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 confidence is starting to look lacking ever so slightly, and now that's not something I'd really picked up on um, in previous defeats. I wasn't there for Watford, so I don't know if that was the case, but um, it was, I suppose it was the first time I could kind of feel that lack of confidence um, coming from the pitch. So, and even against Chelsea, we went we went one nil up, but even even to go one nil up, it it felt like the the belief just wasn't there. Um, so I suppose on on Saturday, what what I'm kind of hoping for is is that there's initially like like you say we get back to basics and there's that kind of um, let's let's put in the first sort of 50, 60 minutes, do everything to to avoid losing, contain them, don't don't be too adventurous to a certain extent, just don't give them anything and then and then try and hit them as opposed to I mean a couple of the home games, Bournemouth in particular, um, obviously Man U when we when we came out the blocks and kind of went for it and. Unfortunately, ended up uh, ended up losing. What 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 would your what would your kind of preferred start of the game? Obviously, other than a three goal uh, lead within the first ten minutes, how do you how do you anticipate we're kind of starting starting the match? Well, as I put on Twitter on the uh, yes weekly pod um, account, I put match preview today of Newcastle United three Leicester one, and I put like Richie seven minutes, Marino forty minutes, and then Leicester hit straight back. I think with the um, you know, you've got Leeds' flags first game. You've got more flags at the other end of the pitch doing something big. You've got fifty-one thousand people hopefully getting there before you know kickoff with fifty-one thousand flags and all sorts. And I reckon it's going to be a really pumped atmosphere. We tend to start games well anyway. We will start at Watford well. It wasn't as strong a start as Bournemouth, but we started Watford well. We we started West Brom. I felt we didn't really threaten the West Brom goal, but the first ten minutes, so. I think it's really time, and and, and I, I hate to use luck, but I think it's it's time we've got a bit of luck in the first 10-15 if we do start the game like that and and, uh, and and got a goal and then protect that goal. Not get us, you know, against Chelsea, it was just so it was just so predictable how deep we were going to get. We got so deep against them, which which is what Hazard thrives on. And I would, I'd like to see us defend that 1-0 lead and get the half-time AA Stoke, West Ham, um, and, and, and you know, I don't think um, I think it was one all against Southampton. Oh no, it was one all half time possibly. Anyway, that's what we were good at. Let's score first. Let's score early, and let's get the half time one nil. And then at worst, you, you're looking at maybe conceding in the second half and drawing the game and taking that point forward. So I think we need to start positively, and I think that if you allow Leicester's players time and space and you know space in behind the run we're going to get beats and I'm sure Rafa will know that so let's let's see the kind of cagey defensive boring football that we're going to know and love at the start of the season I I, I, um, I can't I can't really disagree disagree with that I mean it's going to what I'm interested in seeing is how um, I mean obviously Leicester's results have picked up on the pool I think they've got like three wins two draws and only one defeat in his first six games which is which is excellent, you know, from any any kind of any kind of side from seventh downwards. That's a that's a really good run of form. Um, what I'm interested in seeing is obviously the the, the squad that they've got. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, they won the league a couple of seasons ago, which you know is still 
still feels um, quite surreal. It's almost like the kind of same feeling every time I see a, like a tweet from Donald Trump. It's like, man, you're the President of the United States. And it's like, oh, man, Leicester won the league two years ago. Um, but the, the players that they've got, they do... Yeah, they have spent a lot of money, but they do have a kind of a squad that's set up to play in a certain way. And I, I, haven't, I haven't really seen any of, any, anything of them um, other than you know the, the goals or the brief highlights on match of the day since Puel took over. Um, so I suppose what I'm interested in seeing on Saturday is are we going to have... I wonder if we have like a kind of tentative approach from from both sides because their their whole title win was based on on just smacking people on the break and when when they did us three 0 at St James's Park that was a kind of classic case in point they just I mean they were they were brutal in that match I thought um, so it will be interesting to see and obviously you know they have got they have got a strong squad I mean I don't know if you saw but um, on I think last night they played in that under twenty ones or whatever it is the EFL Johnson's paint whatever whatever it's called new Zenith Theatre Systems. Simod Cup or whatever it is, um, they had a forty-five million um, pound side out in that match. You just think, who are like who are these players? I mean, and then you look at people like Slamani and they paid thirty million for him. Um, so you think with all the kind of uh, all the all the quality they've got in that squad, there would be a, a completely different side. But as I say, um, they they do they are counter attacking side, and is that is that kind of what you expect from MNC and James's Park? Yeah, well, I heard him, I heard a report of their win against Spurs. Which was the were you know the, the performance was almost two Leicester in twenty thousand fifteen. Like put out a Leicester of two years ago in terms of sitting deep, sitting compact, letting balls come into the box, letting Spurs have the ball out wide, um, which would be a fucking danger against us once the mighty hustle gets on the end of the balls, put your butt in the box. Um, so you'd be warned Leicester if he starts, um, and then and then playing counter attack, relentless counter attack football, direct football with balls in behind, making the centre backs play and face towards their own goal. Um, so I'd expect much more of the same from that. Just want to make a point about Leicester in 2015. I went there. Um, Rafa Benitez first game in charge got beat one 0 on the Monday night. Until he was going to go anyway um, for some mental reason, and it was just it. It we're expecting this almost carnival of support and fervor and. You know this fairy tale, and it was just another trip to a shite industrial state-ish one pub football club flat pack um, room, which was just yeah, which was just terrible. The atmosphere, the, the, the atmosphere was clappers, it was drums, it was you going down with the villa, going down like lads, you're going to win the league, and you're, you're spending the whole game singing it. I think we only had a small allocation because it was Monday night and McLaren was supposed to be in charge like twelve hundred Newcastle fans. Um, I don't know. It was just it. I didn't. It, it kind of turned me off the the Leicester fairy tale back then um, because they're still and always will be a little bit tin pot in that respect. But um, never mind that. When the beat were three at St James's that year, it was a really surreal game. They only had three shots on target, I think. Um, and Newcastle were rubbish as well, always were in the McLaren. But it was interesting that game, McLaren probably didn't give them the respect. They tried to have a go a little bit and it just didn't work. Um, so, you know, I think you need to show them a little bit of respect this time and let's get back to getting them behind the ball and making life difficult for them. And uh, hopefully when we go forwards, I'm going to get a good start at the, uh, the quality that we do have in terms of Atsu coming back, Matt Ritchie, etc. Hopefully come back to form. And um, Perez probably, probably playing 10 behind Hostler or Gale. Um, hopefully that will count. We need to um, we need to get like the the, the players to like channel our um, inner Gabriel Obertan, don't we? You remember a few seasons ago when he when he, he ran the show against Leicester, beat them one 0 didn't oh, we? Did I, the, <laughs> Gab- the game, the game, the um, 
the uh, the, the screen fell off. That's so, so got delayed. I, I don't know. I'd like to say an hour and a half. I don't know what it was, but just because we had like three more pints before the game. <laughs> Twenty um, minutes. Sunderland got Sunderland got beat eight 0 that day. You know what's funny about Sunderland getting beat eight 0 that day? Those were the glory days for Sunderland fans. <laughs> <laughs> there is to look back to with fondness yeah, be 8 minutes at Southampton with a full away end uh, because their, their fans have just given up on them as a football club the club's dead um, that amuses me greatly that was a spectacular I mean that was a spectacular result uh, that day 8, eight nil is I mean the, you know it's just it is just an absolute slaughter isn't it I, I, I remember that day with uh, with great fondness and I'll, and I'll always have a soft spot for, for Southampton and Gus Poyet because of it thank you um <laughs> The uh, you, you you briefly uh, mentioned um, oh uh, free scoring Spanish centre forward Hosselu there um, talking about the lineups initially and who, who would like to see playing on Saturday now obviously there's always the argument we need to put our strongest team out now there's no there's no two ways about it Dwight Gale is our best centre forward definitely in terms of his of his goal scoring um, and you know he's He's gone to Stamford Bridge and he's gone to Old Trafford and he scored I mean you cannot really you cannot really ask much more I mean that's you know, I can't imagine there are many forwards from a club that's predicted to finish in the sort of bottom eight. Have got like a centre forward who go to those grounds and bang bang goals and not just not just kind of tap ins. I mean, both were really really good finishers goals. Um, but given what we're kind of anticipating uh, the setup being, i.e., that kind of cautious, solid foot, pragmatic football that we play, do you see Gale dropping down to the bench and it being a, a Hosselu Perez? Two up front, uh, well, obviously Perez just behind Oslo. Um, I think I've said before that you've got to give a little bit of respect to Perez, isn't that? Even though he doesn't has done loads since he's uh, come back into the team, we, we, we did look more um, structured and more solid through the middle of the pitch. Where against Watford and um, Brighton, particularly, and Man United, even we looked hopelessly open. It doesn't make any sense to me that I always say Perez would make that difference. But then look at the games and look at his impact. Um, and although against Chelsea, you could say he potentially wasn't playing there. But so you know that for, for that reason alone, I think Perez, you've got to give him a chance and start there. Um, you know, up front they've got sorry in the back they've got Wes Morgan and Harry Maguire. I mean, Maguire is probably a good player and he's probably got a, a bit more bottom than Morgan. But I'd really like to see if, if I'm them, who do I want to play against? I want to play against Hosselu. I don't want to play against Dwight Gull. So for that reason, if I, I just want to see John Joe Shelby and Miguel Marino playing balls in between the centre-backs and the full-backs, Dwight Gill stretch and play, and Perez getting as close as possible to him, uh, I think that's how I'd do it. I probably think that's what he'll do. Then we've been doing this podcast long enough with Rafa as manager to see him start Mitrovic. But he won't, but it's, it's always possible. It's always just hard trying to second-guess him. Well, I'm not even. I'm not even going to cover any Mitrovic territory, mate. It's just. It's just not happening. I think we're. Uh, we've just been flogging that horse for so long now, haven't we? It's. Uh, there's. It is like you see. It's impossible to predict what, if any, um, time on the pitch Mitro is going to get at any stage, any stage of the season. Um, um, I would like to see Gale start just because I think he's he's really starting to come into form at the moment and. The other thing as well is is that um, Morgan and Maguire. Maguire is a, he is a good player. He reads the game well, but he's not particularly pacey. Um, and obviously, Wes Morgan isn't pacey at all. Um, and I think, well, I think Gale will have more joy against them, especially in the sort of first um, first 50, 60 minutes when he's when he's full of energy. So that that would be my preference, and definitely, obviously, um, 
we've said it before, you've got to go with Marino and Shelby just because, you know, that, that record together is it's fantastic this season. So I think we started one game together in uh, but when they've been, I'm talking when they've been on the pitch. When they've been on the pitch, so you know they're, they're unbeaten in like what 75 minutes collectively. So you know, there you go. There's your stats for you right there. Um, so it, in terms of the opposition, we've, we've briefly spoken about them. But are there any any players in the Leicester side that can can give you particular cause for concern when you consider who they might be up against in our side? Uh, they've got good players I like Albright and I think he's underrated I, I really like his directness and his willingness to put the ball in the box first time and Vardy feeds off that obviously Gray um, I don't know much about Ndidi and Abora but they cost a lot of money um, Mahrez is a class player hasn't really done it against Newcastle that much in the other times I've played him the one player which interests me is Danny Simpson because there's so much he, he, Danny Simpson is like uh, trying to think of a player from kind of Mark Corby's era from the podcast we do with him that splits opinion as much as Danny Simpson because Danny Simpson's one of the worst fullbacks I've seen play for Newcastle yet he played in a team that finished fifth he was never under any threat of relegation while he played for Newcastle obviously he joined in the promotion season um, and he generally played in some reasonable defensive records yet he, he just consistently allowed teams to put the ball in the box he was more than happy we conceded several goals with him half-arsed trying to stop crosses or just not trying to stop crosses because he'd rather do that than get beaten. And since then, uh, despite mine and other people's criticism, he's got to win a, a Premier League. Still got no one in the England, England squad, mine, which should tell you something, by the way. Um, and he's he's played the Champions League and he's still playing Premier League football, whereas you know players have, who've come and gone for us since aren't. So he's a really interesting one. And if Christian Atu's playing... I'd really back Christian Atsu to have a field day against him. I agree. I don't rate Danny Simpson at all. Though, you know, there are there is kind of a, a supporter group out there, or faction that, that constantly sends social media. Danny, Danny Simpson slaughtered by Newcastle fans when he was here. Really good player. Personally, I don't see it. But then, he's won the family title. I haven't. No, I, um, I, I, I don't... Um... I don't recall him being particularly slow, but back, back then I wasn't uh, I wasn't going to many matches because you know I was living in Chile, so it was a bit difficult. But um, the, um, the 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 mention of Atu up against him, I would really fancy Atu against him. I mean, obviously, if Atu isn't playing, I would like to see Aaron's giving a shot against him because I think Aaron's would absolutely obliterate obliterate Simpson um, when he when he's in full pelt. He's he is really effective. It, Obviously, he's had his issues with injuries over the years, but um, if he's fit and he's ready, then I think there's probably an Atu isn't available. Then I think there's probably a case for giving Aaron's a shot just because Murphy. I think he's he's starting to look a little bit tired, and also it's just one of those he's been kind of three consecutive games in the firing line now. It might be time to make me time to withdraw my don't know. And we were down at West Brom, and, and Atu looked really good when he came on. Um, but in terms of Sim, getting getting back to Simpson, sorry, getting back to Simpson, I think. The way the way I, the way I look at it is that we we replaced him in my opinion with Debushi who was it was a better player um, and I, I don't I can I can see the logic um, would Simpson be the kind of player who who would do a job for us now maybe but um, at the time I think I think we we had we just had a better fullback in in place so there you go yeah um, the the thing about um, Aaron's is if he doesn't if just say Atu's not fit this week. If Rolando Aarons doesn't get a game in either of these two games, he, he, he's like Merrick, he's done it in Newcastle, isn't he? Absolutely. He can't, can't get a game when we're struggling to create, struggling to score. Jacob Murphy's done okay, but like okay is in you're a, you're a young lad who would want to see do well okay. Like 
not really okay, like no assists or goals. <laughs> um, and if Orlando Aaron still can't get in the team ahead of him with, with so many games coming up and so many games this week, three games in a week, if he can't get in for one of them home games, I think he's. Uh, I think we'll know where his future lies, and it's not in St James Park. Ah, uh, absolutely, and, 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 and to a certain extent, um, there's a part of me who thinks that that would be uh, would be a shame. I mean, I've got no idea what, what what goes on behind closed doors, but in terms of the the potential that he that he showed that he's that he showed before, um, you know, he, he's obviously got ability, but who who knows? I mean, uh, it might it might work out brilliantly, and or, or it might not, and I suppose we'll, we'll see soon enough. Um, so moving on, as uh, I think we've more or less, you know, we've more or less covered the match. Um, the one to one hundred and twenty-five anniversary this weekend. I've um, obviously because because I, I live in London, I haven't kind of been like party to what what the preparations are in the city. But it looks like there's a there's a lot going on. I'm I am looking forward to seeing the flags displays on um, Saturday because I think with with both sides with both sides of the stadium full of flags, it is going to look visually look pretty spectacular. Um, but um, have you got anything that you'd like to add regarding the 125th anniversary? Um, already said it's a bit of a weird one. It's kind of, it's good, it's nice. You know, like the club giving everyone flags, nice. The, the, I'm sure they'll have plenty going on in terms of legends. And the, the, I try to read the Chronicle, I try to read the Chronicles article in a day, but, but for some reason... Um, every time I go on the Chronicles website today, it just automatically diverts me to Skybet. Yeah, pop-ups. Uh, Shade for pop-ups are chronically. Morally questionable, in my opinion, but I suppose everyone's got to, you know, you've got to do journalism cheap. Um, so I don't know exactly know what's going on because uh, I don't want a Skybet Sky account, um, which will come as news to the Chronicle. But, you know, it's, it's good and it's nice, but it's also a little reminder for me that um, certainly the last 70 years, the club's just been hampered by maladministration. It's like a running theme throughout Newcastle United's modern history and also not so modern history. I'd recommend everyone listening to speak to, not speak to, speak to him, he's a nice bloke, but Michael Walker's book up there. Michael, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, for his new book, Green Shoots. His book up there is a fantastic chronicle of um, how badly Newcastle United has been run since it, since inception, really. Um, but you know what? It's, it's nice that the club are doing it. It's, it's positive that kids, younger fans will get to see and be part of something like this. Like you mentioned, flags at both ends of the ground should look really good. I'm good to be missing it. I'll be watching it in a bar in Singapore at 1.30 in the morning. Um, so it's great. It's just it's just so weird, though, that you've got this. You know, Newcastle United as a football club as an entity are celebrating 125 years of their, of their combined history. Yet Newcastle United as a football club and an entity are like, you know, Refuse to back the manager in the summer. It looks like there's not going to be a lot of money in January. It's just, um, it's just a bit. It's just a bit weird for me. Like I can't really get excited about the celebration because uh, of the fact that you know the football club are doing it, but then the football club is Mike Ashley. The football club are owned by Mike Ashley, um, and you know the continued success of Newcastle United continues to be jeopardised. Whilst we also say, "Wow, look at us, 125 years old." Hasn't it all been great? And it's just, I find it difficult there to uh, to get excited about it, I suppose. But I'm not there, so it doesn't matter. And even if I was, I'm one bloke. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a massive success. I still think one, two, five is like just a total <laughs> non-event of a year. May as well, you could have done one, two, four. It's, 125 isn't a thing, but you know what? That's just me being miserable. So I'm sure it'll be class. What do you think, mate? Well, I mean, um, I... I'm I'm looking forward to I mean I am there is a little bit of me looking forward to this um you know this greatest um 
line up or whatever it is, but bear in mind that it's 8,000 votes from the Chronicle. I mean, you know, who knows what it's going to look like. Um, I am looking forward to seeing some of the, the old players uh, in, in, introduced, just because it, it's it pure pure nostalgia for me. Um, but the rest of the stuff, um, other than other than the flags, which I am looking forward to seeing, um, I'm not that arsed about. Um, uh, the um, I'm looking forward to the 200 anniversary because I'll be celebrating my um, like 110th birthday around about the same time, so that should be that should be interesting, you know. But um, but no, apart from apart from that, um, I'm I'm just desperate for to get a good result on the pitch, mate. That's that's my focus. I'm I'm really desperate to to crack on and um, and get the get the three points sorted. And you know, um, Norman, you know that there's a lot of talk in the chronicle of pushing the club of pushed it as well about. You know the, the your favourite ever Newcastle lineup. Mm-hmm. My favourite uh, Newcastle lineup is the team he picks on Saturday. It's far more important than anything else, and it's like like you say, it's all well and good having flags at both ends and fifty one thousand flags and LED displays, and that is great, and I like it, and it's it's you know, positive. Well done, everybody involved. But there's there's no point pretending that everything's fine before kickoff, and then people reverting the type and getting on the team's back if we're 1-0 down or Hosselu passes to the Sports Direct advertising holding rather than a fellow black and white shirt or, you know, um, Carl Dollar slices a kick out of play. You know, so it's it's kind of like you say, yes, one two five's mint. It pales in this insignificance compared to what happens when, uh, when, the, when the whistle goes to kick the game off. Well, I mean, there is an argument that if... Um if uh, Les Ferdinand's in the in the all time team, you know, maybe there's just an argument how him on the pitch for a bit. <laughs> um, but I, I am, I suppose we're coming to a kind of natural conclusion. I guess quickly we can end on um, on your predictions, mate. Apart, you've already put three one out there. I mean, are you sticking to the three one? I'll stick with three one. I can't keep us. I can't see where it's been a clean sheet. Um, but I think we'll score, and I think we've been unlucky, and we we've got a good we've got a good team. I think that is. Like Craig Hope said to us on Monday, he's probably been trying too hard to, to try and force it. And, you know, we, we need to get back to, you know, I would, I would take a 1 1 draw. If it was a 1 1 draw, the same vein as Liverpool, I would take it, be positive. Points on the board, you know. Mark Douglas, the, who we spoke to recently, has been putting out great stats recently on his Twitter account. Um, I advise everyone to give him a follow. Um, saying that when we started this bad run, we're six points clear in the relegation zone. Now we're only five. Those teams below what aren't starting to pick up points. So anything we pick up is really positive, and a point would be a good result. Having said that, um, I'm going to back the lads to get back to winning ways. It's going to be a good night at St James's, and we'll see three one to Newcastle United. I, I, lo- I love that. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go for a two goal margin, but I'm going to go two nil. The reasons are: Puel's due a defeat. We do yeah. a, a clean sheet, and we're due to bang two goals in at home. So that's it. I'm going. I'm going two nil. I'm going for a. I'm going for a, a sort of 30 odd. I reckon we'll score in the 30 odd minute mark. Uh, Leicester will have to start pushing and we'll just bang them again about the 70, sort of 75th, 80th. That's, you know, that's as precise as it's going to get, but that's, that's what I'm going for. Nice one. How, how long have we been doing, Norman? How long is this? How long is your first podcast? I mean, Leicester's. It's, um, we're coming up to the 35 minute mark. Wow, it's absolutely flown by that. The, the drag on really badly when you're hosting, you know, you probably, probably realised. Well, you know what? It's been a pleasure hosting it, and um, for people listening to this, uh, please do feel free to go on and um, criticise us and tell us I'm, I'm worse than shite. I'll uh, I'll just have to live with it. But it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, we will. I guess the next time we speak to you, who knows, mate? As you're off, um, you're swanning it watching uh, those 
those men hit the ball round a round a big field with a with a kind of square like a square bit of wood. Um, and I'll be back on here on Saturday night, Sunday morning at the latest with the Leicester match review, the 2-0 win. So thanks very much, everyone, and speak to you later.